1: Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister one, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. <laughs> Again, this is Travis, A.K.A. P Dog. Today is January 26, 2017. This is episode 28 of Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you, and let's have some fun. This is a typical show. When I say typical, I don't have any guests this week. Had a great couple of guests with Tama Reynolds and Lachelle Smith. I want to thank them for coming on the show and talking about what's important to them. And I certainly got something out of it and appreciate their time. So if you remember all typical shows, well, typical is not the right word, but it's the one I'm going to use. Start with the question of the week. And the question of the week comes from Adam in Illinois, who's a Marine veteran. And he asked, I want to consider, I want to think about doing a podcast of my own. Do you think I can do it? The, the simple answer is yes, absolutely. No doubt. No question. You can absolutely do this. There, there's nothing holding you back. We live in a time where as an artist, a uh, content producer, whether that's written content, graphic content, audio content, like is what I'm doing here, or video content, you can create your content, your, your work, your your artistry, and conceptualize it, produce it, and, and promote it yourself to people all across the world with a couple of mouse clicks. Now, that's, I'm, I'm dumbing it down a little bit, I mean, that's, that's not really you know, how it works, but at the simplest level, that is how it works. You think of an idea, you get the tools to produce the idea, and then you can promote the idea when and how you want. And the cool thing is, is you control what you want to put out there for people to see, however that is, okay? Whereas when the internet first came out, you had to look for what was interesting to you. Well, now you can create what you want and you can do it for nothing pretty much, or you can spend a lot of money doing it. I haven't spent... A lot of money I've spent some money but not nearly as much money as other people in this business uh, I think the thing that I have is I, I, I had an idea I, I really wanted to share the idea with everybody and how I want to do it and then I got some great people uh, with the Hoobazoo team at Hoobazoo.com and if you are looking to take your podcast next level then definitely get with uh, Keith and Tony from Hoobazoo and they will hook you up like they did me. Sometimes you need an an outside viewpoint to really make your idea work or not. It's entirely up to you. I, I chose to get some help and I am better for it. So the answer to your question, Adam, is yes. Yes, you can. I believe you can. I know you can because I'm doing it. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I wish you all the success in the world. And as long as your message is authentic and you're real about what you put out, people will respond to it. So plant what you're going to say, have fun doing it, and enjoy the grind. And that is my answer to the question of the week. So now we're going to move on to the word. And in the military, whether you're in the Army, Air Force, Navy, wherever you are, Marine Corps, the word is often passed down from the highest rank down to the lowest rank. Oftentimes, orally. It's not written down. You stand in formation and you receive the word and you pass the word as you receive it, which is what we're doing now. And I want to talk about a story I've been following for quite some time. And that is the Army's decision to replace their sidearm, the pistol. A pistol is a sidearm, a sidearm is a pistol. And for many years, the service pistol that was being used is the uh, Italian maker Bretta, And it's the M9 Bretta 9mm pistol that uh, has been used for a very long time. It replaced the uh, Colt uh, 1911. And The army decided they wanted an upgrade and they spent uh, two years and a lot of money Going through the different manufacturers before they settled on this one and it's significant because you know, there's several changes to The the platform, but one of the questions I had is you know, well, why why did it take this long? Why did they need that much money? What was really wrong with the M9 and what are we getting for What we're paying because the Army contract to the new vendor who we'll talk about here in a second is almost 600 million dollars to fit the Army with a new sidearm. That is a lot of money. A lot of money as I say. One of my uh, not so proud moments in the Marine Corps was trying to qualify with the M9 on the range when I was working in the Armory. And uh, I'll admit it, I did not qualify the first time I went to qualify for it. I did not handle that uh, firearm very well. Now, I had shot plenty of pistols before and shot them very well, but this I just did not. As the gunnery sergeant who got me through the second time said, I, I, I fought it. And there was just no other easy way to say that. Is I fought the system instead of trying to really understand you know, how it worked. And I was impatient. You know, I, sh- I should have spent some more time at the practice range, really trying to get it dialed in the first time, and I just thought I didn't have the time to do that. But my memories of of carrying that thing and and firing it on the range and fam firing it because we had to we had to qualify and we had to fam fire. Fam fire is familiarization fire where you just go to the range with bullets and run a couple clips through there to make sure that you can understand how to actually use a thing if something goes bad. Only uh, officers and staff and COs, generally in the Marine Corps, carry the, the sidearm. And you'll have MPs carry the sidearm, and then security people carry the sidearm. So, I worked in the armory, and you're expected to, when you were under arms, have the M9 with you at all times. My experience using it was, when I finally did qualify with it and actually get good at shooting it, was... It was very heavy for a 9mm. It was it was a chunk of steel. I mean, it was a solid platform designed to take a pounding, but it was heavy. And if you weren't used to shooting heavy pistols, it was a challenge. You had to really work at making sure that you kept yourself steady with it. And I have been told that uh, my experience is like a lot of people's experience. I've been told that I'm completely full of it. But that thing had a tendency to jam. And now I would pick it up from the armory. I would oil it down and take it to the range and go to shoot it. And I'd run a clip through there and go to run clip number two through there and it would invariably lock to the rear. And when I say lock to the rear, that means the slide that chambers the next round, the slide would, you would you would cock the, the weapon and fire it, pull the trigger, squeeze the trigger. And the, the, the explosion from the, the round going off would force the slide back. And feed the next bullet up, and the slide would would run forward, and and you know, home the um, the bullet in the chamber for the next uh, squeeze of the trigger. Which sounds very complicated, but you know, when you're actually doing it, it's a very simple thing. But what would happen is is I would fire it once, okay, and instead of um, chambering another round, it would just lock to the rear and not go forward and and there was no real reason why I mean you know I would take the pistol back to the you know my armory NCO and have him look at it and he's like it's totally fine they just do this that's what these things do I mean they just can't help it so you would do remedial action which was either slamming you the the palm of your um, your hand against the, the bottom of the magazine to make the uh, pistol chamber to the round or you would have to grab the slide with your your off your hand your non shooting hand Pull it to the rear and then let it release forward to see if it will actually chamber another round. If neither one works, you eject the magazine, clear the uh, the round, and attempt to reload the magazine and do that all over again. Which I don't know about you, but if I'm actually needing to you know lay down and cover fire, suppressing fire, or defend myself or de- or defend someone else, and that happens, that's that's a that's not a good day. That's a very bad thing to happen at a time when you need to know that your system works. And to understand that I wasn't the only one that this happened to, that it happened to other people was a sobering thought. It did not really sit very well with me that this thing actually did that because you know my grandpa's Colt 45 never did that. Now, it was a beast to shoot. I mean, it shot it a 45 caliber round is bigger than a nine millimeter round and it, it was a beast, but it never failed. It was just a big clunky beast that, you know, the only thing with it is you had to clean it to, you know, make sure it worked properly. Whereas the 9 millimeter needed minimal maintenance to work. It was literally, you know, three three huge pieces. You took it apart, you had the bottom receiver where, you know, the trigger guard is and the handle is. You had the upper slide and the barrel assembly and that was pretty much it. Now, of course, there were smaller pieces in it, but those were three main pieces to get it working. It was very easy to disassemble, field strip, clean, put back together, and keep on going. And in that regard, it was very good for for that purpose. So, the Army, after 25 plus years of fielding uh, this weapon system, decided they wanted a new weapon system. A new sidearm system. And there was disagreement about this because a lot of people still feel and believe that the m9 is a good system the marine corps still uses it other places still use it it's it's not changed that much it could probably use some upgrades after 25 over 25 years of being used but overall it's uh it still does what it's supposed to do pretty well in the right conditions you know, you fix the, the, the slide lock into the rear and you've got yourself a good system. And so they looked at multiple uh, gun manufacturers. They looked at, um, you know, different requirements, but where they want to go with pistols is where they're going with like the SCAR rifle is they wanted a modular system. They wanted a, a, a sidearm that you could swap out barrels and turn it from a 45 caliber to a, a nine mil or to a 40 caliber depending upon the mission. They wanted specialized uh, sight rails to accommodate uh, attachments. You know, magazine extenders, magazine, you know, releases, that kind of thing. Different kinds of grips in a very lightweight, um, easy to care for frame. And that's where the six-hour P320 came into play. According to their testing criteria, and now consider this, there's there's millions of people every day in this country and across the world shooting handguns every day and it took him two years to decide between about four manufacturers there was Beretta there was um, I think Smith & Wesson had one and a couple others had one but they got it down to four pretty quickly and it took him four years to go through and pick out the six-hour uh, p320 as a replacement you know my, my first question is, is oh my god why did it take two years to select a uh, you know firearm I mean you have people shooting these things every day you have you know your 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 military officers and special forces using these things every day you think they would come up with requirements from the people actually using these and create something new I don't know if they did or not the the funny thing is, is I couldn't really find anything on the actual testing criteria or how it worked Except to say that um, you know it took them a long time to do it, and then, and then my favorite thing is the cost. SIG Sauer is going to get five hundred and eighty million dollars to supply the army with this new handgun. Now I, I, I'm, I'm looking for an answer. I've I've asked people in the military about this. My question has been: Wouldn't it have made more sense to say, look at the Marine Corps, Army, all four of the services together and have one firearm system for them and get it done at the same time and then get a volume discount on the number of sidearms needed? Because the, the the Marine Corps, Air Force, and Navy are still in the process of looking at replacing their sidearms. So we're going to have to do this all over again and possibly pay another, you know, a half billion dollars to do this now there's about there's about 500,000 people in the army in the reserve and active duty i mean and not all of them have the sidearm it's just officers staff and COs and security forces that use these things i mean the the cost per firearm per person is is, is a lot of money i haven't figured it out yet i'm still trying to get all the the numbers of who's going to be, be issued this but you see what I mean. I mean, you know, this is a lot of money. Now, let's look at the Marine Corps, by example, who has 180,000 people, reserve and active duty. And let's just say 60,000 of those people are actually officers and, and NCO, uh, staff and COs. And let's say it costs $300 million to get this done. I mean, that's still a lot of money per firearm per person. It, it's it's not adding up to me, and, and the problem that I have, which is why I don't want to dive too deep into the numbers, is because I just don't know the number of uh, of units purchased. That's that's the one I'm missing right now. All I know is this contract is for five hundred eighty million dollars to resupply the army. I have no idea how many units that is, and how many people in the army will actually get this this weapon. So I'm I'm kind of Guesstimating here, which is what I don't like to do. But all the field reviews uh, of people who have fired the six-hour P uh, three twenty have been good. It does everything the M nine does just as well. You can swap out barrels. You can attach different sensors and sights to it very easily on the uh, sighting rails. Which you, I can tell you, with the way the M is designed, you really can't do that very easily. It's not designed to do that this one also has the ability to you know have a silencer put on it I don't, I don't, that's cool i guess and it it has polymer grips and you can change out the grips to suit the shooter which i guess is nice it depends upon you know your hand if you have small hands you can uh, get the grips will fit you that that's nice because not everybody's mitts are the same size and uh the six hour which in the handgun industry and in the firearms world is a respected name they've been doing this a long time they're very good at it i, I might do a follow-up show when this actually gets uh implemented in the army and i'm going to watch this when i see what the marine corps and navy do they're next on the list i think the air force is last understandably but it's interesting i mean you you know you have a you have a weapon system that maybe with a couple upgrades could have been serviced a little while longer or you could have done what they did and got a whole new system for their modular component um, initiative and that means you can swap out different parts to the same platform without having to buy a whole new new piece of equipment which is interesting in theory I, I just haven't seen it tested long enough and I don't have enough data to share with you so more to come, and um, I can't wait to shoot one of these. And if you have one and want me to shoot it with you, well, let me know. And that is the word of the week. The complaint department weighed in, and uh, they were very efficient this week. They they didn't waste much time. Their main gripe, their main complaint is the fact that we're an American company, damn it. And why are we using, you know, we use the Italians to make the Beretta, who made the Beretta to supply us with the Beretta. And now we're going to the Germans with Sig Sauer to supply the army with pistols. They just can't believe that there's no American company like Smith and Wesson, Ruger, Colt, that could make a, a, a firearm that you know, the army could use. They just can't get over that. They're very upset about that. You know, they, they remind everybody that the Colt 45, the, the 1911 was in service for many years for our country. And, you know was used by all the services without problems so they just can't get over why this is the way it is they just don't like it they're not happy about it and but they are happy about it because they're complaining and that's the complaint departments complaint of the week for this episode so I'm gonna move on to them to the unit shout out and I'm reading this story on, on a, a military.com and Fox News and a couple other uh, outlets and the BBC had this where Okay, over in London, England, they were dredging the Thames, the the River Thames, right, you know, in London. And the dredgers find what appears to be, appeared to be rather, a, a German bomb that was unexploded. Now think about that. You know, if you live in a town that has a river running through it, like Pittsburgh or, you know... Any other town, Pittsburgh comes to mind because of the Three Rivers. Even though they got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots uh, this week. And I'm not a Pats fan or a Steelers fan, but that was pretty bad and good for the Pats, I guess. I, I don't know. But um, you're, you're you're in Pittsburgh. You're, you're walking in front of the, the Steelers Stadium. And, you know, unbeknownst to you, there's bombs out in the middle of Three Rivers. That, that's pretty crazy. But that's what happened in, in London. These drudgers find this bomb that has not exploded, so they call the Royal Navy in. Royal Navy comes in. They they send their dive team down. They recover the bomb and they look at it. and It's a, it's a German bomb, and they actually you know took it to a safe area and were able to successfully detonate. it. Like this thing still was able to once they triggered it actually blow up i mean i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i mean this is kind of like perverted in a way but the germans really do know how to build stuff i mean when they want to they can build something that lasts forever i mean world war Two ended in 1945 it's 2017 and a bomb they built you know almost 60 years ago over 60 years ago is still a threat it's still a threat and then you know your son or daughter who's in the navy is going to go down there and get this thing and actually take it to a safe place and detonate it I mean I don't know my hats off to them that's dangerous work uh, I know some people in, in you know EOD explosive ordnance disposal and you know that's, that's a stressful job on a good day so hats off to them no one got hurt no property was damaged and uh, I just think it's a good thing so not much in the upcoming events section of this show uh, the one thing I did want to talk about for us all in the greater Boston area was this uh, resource called Dial-A-Lawyer. Um, if you're a veteran and you need legal help, there is a Dial-A-Lawyer program. And since March of 1991, the Mass Bar Association has sponsored a monthly Dial-A-Lawyer program. And uh, it encourages you to dial in with problems and questions. So they have the phone number. It's 617-338-0610. From 5, 30, 7, 30 PM, you need to get hot and heavy on the digits because the lines fill up quickly. And I'm just waiting for the VA and a couple other resources to get their events going for uh the spring and summer, and I'll have those on the uh the show going forward. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting, thank you for listening. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. I'm trying to be everywhere at all times. So, again, thanks a lot, and I'll see you soon. And you take care. This is Oscar Mike Radio out.
0: Oscar Mike Radio, over and out.
1: Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Since the one actual, I have you five by five. Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that sinister one coming at you from the city of Champions, Brockton, Massachusetts.
0: Along. Come in, Oscar
1: Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Off we go.